after I finish the edit, I look at the photo and if my eyes don't immediately go to what I think the subject of the photo is, then it needs to be edited again. Hello and welcome to another episode of TMG Unfiltered. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are two market girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog. And this is our podcast where we talk about vegan things. We talk about social media. We sometimes dabble in tech or trending news topics. Today we're kind of continuing on a conversation we had in a previous episode about photography and videography. Now... We talked a lot because we really <laughs> like these things. So we didn't really get into editing that much. No. And that is like way more than half the battle. <laughs> yeah. For the most part, you're going to, I mean, for video, for sure, you're going to edit because. Yeah. Unless it's a one take wonder. And photo, you're going to edit. You should. You really should. If you can take a great photo straight out of the camera, I'll be impressed. Hashtag no filter. <laughs> I mean, my selfies. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And even then, you're editing on Instagram. You, no, I'm not. <laughs> you're just putting up raw selfies. Yeah. Are you putting makeup on? Because that's a form of editing. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. So we're mostly self-taught editors, right? I Yeah. I mean, I, I had a couple classes in college that taught me the technical parts of uh, I mean, editing. Is it self-taught if it's me looking at Peter McKinnon and how he edits photos <laughs> and like other people's tutorials? Is that self-taught? It's like self-initiative. Yeah. Self-motivated <laughs> okay. to learn. Yeah. <laughs> but like I learned a lot of my editing watching YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. At least a, a, how to work a lot of the editing software, what each thing does, what it does if you bump it up all the way, what it also takes away, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I learned the technicalities of like adobe premiere in college but as far as like the style and how to piece together and edit that comes just from doing it yeah like no yeah a lot figuring out the style of your edit you can't learn that from anyone no because it depends on the photo you take yeah oh yeah um but also adobe premiere i learned this summer on my job (laughs) yes that was a fun experience (laughs) what were your first impressions of premiere Uh, i didn't mind it like it's pretty to me it's pretty straightforward um it was just me a lot of googling i'm like i need to do something let's look up how do i do that okay now i know how to do it (laughs) and i feel like once you've used at least one adobe product you kind of have a sense for how they organize their software so i think that helps because Like I started on Windows Movie Maker and then I went to iMovie and then I went to Premiere. <laughs> but by the time I got to Premiere, I had also got a little bit of experience with Photoshop and Illustrator. So I was getting had the in- feel of the program. Yeah, still. I was understanding how their softwares work and even things like layering stuff because in iMovie and Movie Maker, there's no layers. Everything's on <laughs> one line, which might have been the most frustrating part. Oh, yeah. That has to be frustrating. I used a lot of layers when I was on right? Premiere. <laughs> yeah, when I got to Premiere, I was like, there's so much space. <laughs> and now I'm like, there's not enough space. <laughs> I think, like, general rules when I'm mm. editing a photo, at least, is, um, and we were talking about this before, don't over-edit. Mm-mm. Know when to stop editing and know what needs to be edited. Mm-hmm. So, like... Not ev- they give you a lot of options when you're editing something. Yeah, there are tons of things you can do to a photo and a video. 
but doesn't mean you need to do everything. Like you might only need to do a couple things. And like a lot of that will come, I think, from practice. Uh Like I think at the beginning, you'll probably over edit a lot. Or you'll probably like edit something and then edit something else and realize, oh, no, I went too far and have to go back. And it'll be a long process of doing this stuff. Um, But one of the biggest things that I've been learning is knowing not to over edit and knowing that even sometimes like a teeny little bump of the scale does wonders. And that's all you need. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't need to go all the way to one side or all the way down. Mm -hmm. Um, So knowing that kind of stuff and knowing that it's okay that it only moving a little bit or it's not moving at all Mm -hmm. is one of the most important things in photo editing at least. Yeah. Because people can really tell when you've over edited something. Yeah. And then it stops feeling natural and like too forced. And then that just means it might be a bad photo, right? Like that was like one of those um, when we were scrolling through Instagram earlier, there was a photo that we were saying like, why are they orange? Like what's in them that makes them orange? And I was like, no, I think it's just the editing. They're just like run of the old mill bread. Like I just think it's the editing. And it wasn't a bad photo. No. You could just tell that it was edited to be a lot warmer than it was. Yeah. Which sometimes it matters less than other times. Like for food like those things in my opinion should not have been orange because then i thought oh am i getting something cheesy here yeah and you're not it's false advertising i don't (laughs) i don't appreciate that yeah food because a lot of you like visualize a lot of things for food like you don't picture kale being orange or like because that would be weird (laughs) (laughs) kale's always green or or very magical cheese is typically orange unless it's like mozzarella or something like that you have these associations so once it becomes if you over edit something to the point where it doesn't look like it's a natural thing anymore, people are going to be confused. I think maybe the biggest place that beginners probably like a telltale sign is actually skin tones. Oh my God. And getting the I color. I hate editing people. <laughs> it's really hard and it's really obvious when it's wrong. Yeah. Too, or when you've taken it too far or pushed yeah. it too far. Um, and even just like smoothing out skin too much. Yeah. Yeah. Don't because then it looks. You look creepy. Like it looks fake. fake yeah. You look airbrushed. Yeah. I think. And, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> and to me, when it's too airbrushed, it just, you, it doesn't look like a real person anymore. Like, you know, that person doesn't look like that. <laughs> like, yeah. And the color of skin tone, a lot of it comes down to getting your white balance right in yeah. camera as best you can. And then bringing into Photoshop and trying to kind of figure out what true white is Mm -hmm. because everything is judged against yeah white right so a lot of the times pictures will look too cool or they'll look too warm which is hard to edit it it's really hard to come back from that and i mean that goes for video too yeah getting your white balance right is like really you can obviously do some things in editing to fix that because i've definitely had too warm photos and too oh yeah and been able to fix it a little bit but it would never look as good like when you get it right the first time while taking the shot yeah that's one of the most frustrating things i think i still deal with Mm -hmm. is getting white balance right and i do yeah it is something that i struggle with a bit too but i do find in terms of photos at least auto works a lot of the times Mm -hmm. like the auto white balance in your camera works most of the time there's only a few times that i've had to change the settings yeah don't use auto white balance for video ever never because it will change in the middle of shooting yeah it could change at any time never ever do that so but for photo it's fine yeah but then when once you bring it to editing though um premiere does have like a color dropper tool where you if there's something white in the shot you can 
touch that and it'll be like, okay this yeah. is what's supposed to be white and then it Lightroom will room has that as well yeah it'll adjust the temperatures to kind of make that as true to white as possible mm-hmm. and sometimes i still feel like it's wrong or it's gone too far so yeah. i bring it back a but little it's, bit it's a good place to start yeah like they get it to you and then you might need to do some minor adjustments left or right but normally it's a really good place to start because mm-hmm. sometimes you can look at a photo and be like i have no idea what i need to do to this to make it look better and like that thing helps to make it look you're like okay it's looking normal again <laughs> yeah and getting your white balance right uh in production will save you a lot of time in yes. post-production yes <laughs> so much time So that's another reason why i should probably work on that more <laughs> for sure um another thing in terms of photos that i'd always recommend that to getting right before you t- come into editing is exposure mm-hmm. shoot underexposed oh, if you can better um especially if you're working with raw because you'll be able to bring back a lot of the detail but if you shoot overexposed all that detail is gone you can't come back from overexposure it just the photo is going to look bad no matter what you do to it it's real hard to come back from overexposure so shoot under like when in doubt shoot under i know it might look darker like look too dark but you can always bring it up yeah same goes for video like shoot underexposed Try not to underexpose way too much because if your sensor isn't really high quality, then you could get a lot of noise and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Or just when you bring it up, it won't look as crisp and good. And I mean, that's just from maybe not having the best lighting. Your camera and your lens will perform the best when you have even lighting and they can really like your focus will look better when the lighting's good. Mm -hmm. But if it's not you never ever want to have overexposed footage it hurts my soul so much when i accidentally have overexposed footage because sometimes it'll just be like i've been watching it but then on the lcd screen it's not true to what you're gonna see when you're actually looking at on on the computer so also that's kind of a learning curve with any new camera like you learn when your camera actually is overexposed Mm -hmm. so um another thing i guess again pre-editing is focus i have done this don't always trust your camera (laughs) (laughs) and don't always don't trust yourself to manually focus it autofocus is really good but zoom in to make sure it's actually focused sometimes because it's the most heartbreaking thing ever when it's a good photo but then you bring it up and it's blurry yeah (laughs) it's the most heartbreaking thing in the world (laughs) Um, and make sure it's focused on the subject of the photo mm-hmm. like sometimes it can be in focus but it's in focus for one of the like side accent pieces or one of the props and you don't want people's first eye contact to be that so make sure you're focusing on the subject of the photo mm-hmm. i feel there's kind of a debate um i think for photography people for the most part autofocus is okay but for video if mm-hmm. you've gone to school for video or you're from like traditional media autofocus is the devil to them (laughs) like you never use autofocus and i never use autofocus except when we're vlogging yeah like the youtube world well you can't you kind of have to with vlogging exactly a lot of the youtube world runs off autofocus but people from like broadcasting or traditional don't realize that and they'll kind of judge you for using autofocus but it's like i'm using it for this specific time when i can't really set the focus you myself. can't readjust every five seconds yeah if, <laughs> if i'm holding the camera and shooting myself yeah obviously i'm using manual focus yeah. but so just understand that and some cameras for video will have better autofocus than mm-hmm. others some will be noisy when they're trying to autofocus oh some will God. be quiet some will I be know. fast some can't figure out where they're supposed to focus <laughs> 
Sometimes mine is all of those. <laughs> <laughs> mine goes through moods. <laughs> that's That can be the lens and it can be the camera working together yeah. sometimes too. Um, okay, but in terms of actually editing now, that's all the pre-stuff. Make sure you get all that done before you even think about editing a photo. <laughs> I feel like we should maybe do a disclaimer for this episode. We get kind of technical just because we really like talking about this stuff. If you're not super into camera or <laughs> photography and videography, it might be overwhelming, but yeah. it's still interesting to listen to, I think, yeah, if you're I curious. I think it's interesting to listen to people talk about things they like. Yeah, that too. I think that's interesting. But, you know, I could be wrong. Okay, now future Devin, move that clip earlier on in the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what's one of the first things you do when you're editing a video? I go through the footage and I pick out the parts that are actually good. That's the same for photo. It's like trimming. It's basically trimming, but not really trimming. Yeah, for photo, I basically move them all onto my hard drive. Mm Mm-hmm figure out which ones I like, you know, flag my picks. Then I flag my picks and put them into Lightroom. And then I go through them again while I'm editing photos. Because like, I don't edit a lot of the photos I take. Yeah. Like you could take like 300 photos and edit like five. So (laughs) um, I'll like usually, it kind of depends on whether I like the photos or not, but I'll bring a bunch into Lightroom. And then as I'm editing, I'll pick and choose which ones I actually want to edit. And that usually comes down to about 10. Yeah, like Rough, one, depending on the project, but I don't like go through all the footage I've shot separately. Like I put it all onto the hard drive, put it into the folder that it belongs, and then I go into Premiere, oh, start a project, get a timeline, yeah, and then I start going through each piece of footage, picking out all the moments from each clip and putting them into the timeline, and then you get to organizing them. But the biggest part is going through all the footage and. Yeah figuring out what's actually going to work and what you actually need yeah yeah it's it's hard (laughs) it is um but then um i basically i don't know if i should go into actually how i edit photos like should i talk about specifics can you put it into like categories of things you've generally yeah on like maybe even the um, order yeah so the first thing i typically focus on is just the basic stuff so making sure the temperature's right like white balance temperature any tint that needs to add to it um and exposure contrast any of that kind of stuff the basic stuff um that all happens for actually no that's a lie what happens first is making sure everything's straight ah. <laughs> sizing cropping anything that needs to have that happens first yep Uh, making sure everything's straight and in line, any lines, you know, all that kind of stuff. That happens first, then I go into the basics of the editing. Um, After that, I go into the tone curve. I don't know if people really know that much, Um, but I just do minor adjustments there. I don't really do tons there. And then this is dependent on the photo, but I go specific into colors after that, Mm. whether some colors need to be boosted up or not, Uh, saturation, hues need to be changed, um, I don't change tons, but it, again, depends on the photo. Yeah. Um, and then I go into detail. And that's basically the gist of my editing. So I add any kind of um, sharpening or anything like that that needs to happen. I don't add a lot to it because sometimes I think that can look really bad. Yeah. Oh, especially yeah. for food, especially for really detailed food. That looks real bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I go into any kind of finer adjustments. Um, so um, any adjustment brush stuff. Yeah. If there's things that some ugly blemishes that need to be taken out 
Um, it's not tons for food, um, but any kind of specific, like if there's one lime in the photo that's like way less saturated <laughs> than the rest of the limes, fixing that up and stuff like that. That stuff takes the longest amount of time yeah. and like spot removal and things like that. Oh my God, they take forever. Um, and then the final thing I do before I actually finish my photos is I make sure where where I'm focusing when I first look at the photo. Mm. So like after this is literally I should be doing this throughout and I do do it throughout. But like after I finish the edit, I look at the photo and if my eyes don't immediately go to what I think the subject of the photo is, then it needs to be edited again. And how like, would you fix that? Um, usually I try and go into like radial filters. Yeah. Um, so if it's not the focus, sometimes I edit everything around it so that it's just slightly blurrier or slightly less saturated. Mm. So that literally either the brightest thing or the most in focus thing is the subject that way. And don't do it too much. Yeah, just no, like subtle. really slight changes make a huge difference. Um, so I do that. Those are like the final adjustments if it doesn't look like people would be focusing into that first. That's the like general overall arc <laughs> of my editing process. Um, but uh, yeah, I try and one thing that I find really important is trying to balance shadows. Mm. I think too much shadows can be really ugly in my in terms for my photography. Yeah, for most cases, unless it's like really part of the style yeah. of the photo. Um, but like no shadows makes it look really flat yeah so trying to find that balance of shadows which is right and sometimes it means going in with like really specific like oh this shadow just the shadow's too dark so i just need to edit this shadow mm -hmm. and doing that specific things um but i think that's one of the things that i've been working on the most now for myself because i think sometimes my balance is off mm -hmm. where i'm like oh i didn't put enough shadows in that because mm -hmm. it looks really flat or i'm like oh i put too much shadows mm -hmm. it's really dark that's the thing that i've been focusing on the most now because i think it can make a pretty big difference yeah. in photos I think so too. It can almost affect the quality of it. Mm -hmm. It'll look lower quality if it's too far in either direction. And that's fair for a lot of things in the photo. Yeah. Anything pushed too far. Um, something else that I don't know if it's just my perception of it or if anyone else had these issues with Lightroom. But when I was first editing with Lightroom, I would put the exposure where I think it was right, export it, and then realize that it was a lot darker than how it looked in Lightroom. And it could be the raw to JPEG conversion. Right. I don't know if that's where it was or if it's just my computer or whatever is going on. So I realized, like, at least for me, and it might not be the same for you, I had to add more exposure than I thought mm -hmm. I needed mm -hmm. in the editing process for it to turn out how I wanted it when it was exported. <laughs> I kind of find that with video sometimes. And I know that YouTube in the compression process does a little bit yeah. to the contrast and stuff of the video. Sometimes sometimes. I'll have like edited and then it'll go up on YouTube and I'm like, I swear it was brighter and stuff like that. So sometimes I'm boosting it a little bit extra. Yeah. Oh, something that I use a lot of when I'm editing my photos is before and after <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Literally after every edit, I'm like before, let's see what the difference was <laughs> doing that for every single photo all the time. It gets super annoying because I'm literally comparing every little thing, but like I do it all the time. Mm. Sometimes it's so cool, too. Yeah, I, I love doing it at the very end. If I'm, like, really into an edit, sometimes I won't do the before and after a lot until I get to the end of the edit and finish it. I do the before and after. I'm like, whoa, that's a huge difference. Yeah. I didn't even realize how much of a difference I made. You're like, wow, that was a shitty photo before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm like, wow, why did I think that photo looked good? <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's the general process of my photo editing. 
I don't know if I should explain any more of that, but um, one thing that I do and one thing that I really like about Lightroom is that you can copy and paste settings. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially if it's all in the same kind of series of photo um, and the lighting is pretty similar, mm-hmm. I'll copy and paste settings on all the photos because that way you get the feel, all the photos feel the same yeah. and they feel like they're a part of a series. They're not just a yeah. standalone photo. Um, so I do that, but it can be tricky when you're working with natural light because natural light changes all the time. Yeah. And like even the slightest, like if a cloud gets in front of that sun all of a sudden, all the settings need to be changed yeah. basically. And it's super annoying. Yeah. Um, but that's why I don't like do the, I don't sync them all. Mm-hmm. I literally go by one by one and just copy and paste wherever it actually fits and works. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's probably... I probably have a lot longer of a process than someone who actually knows these programs a lot better than me, but it just works for me. And they take about, I want to say it takes about 20 minutes per photo on average. Mm-hmm. And obviously that gets quicker as it goes. Yeah. Because I, oh, I understand yeah. the feel of the photo. Like after a few photos, I'm like, I know what I need to lighten. I know what I need to like where my shadows need to be and all that stuff. But the first few photos take a while. <laughs> and even the more you edit in general, the faster you figure yeah. out everything. Every time you start up, you're like, okay, yeah, I know what this photo is going to need. And yeah. Stuff like and that. even like before when I was just like first getting into photo editing, like it used to be like, you know how you said video has to be like focused. Like I used to literally be focused. Now I'm watching TV while I'm editing photos yeah. because I generally know what I'm doing a little bit more now and I know what kind of needs to be edited and I can do it while watching TV or listening to music or something. So yeah, sometimes like whenever I do have to edit photos just like for other things, I'm like, oh, this is such a nice break. I can, <laughs> I can have a YouTube video on, video on right? while I do this. <laughs> what? It's like the ultimate multitask. It's great. It's so nice. Um, But that's the general process. It's hard to explain more without showing more, but that's generally what I do. There's a lot more you can do in Lightroom, but honestly, I don't think there's lots that you don't need. It's true. I've used a lot. I pretty much used everything in a photo in the past and then through trial and error, figured out what works best for our photos. Yeah. Yeah. I also, another thing that just like kind of tips, don't oversaturate a photo they end up looking really bad especially with food because it looks unnatural yeah oversaturated photos and i've definitely done this in the past Mm -hmm. do not look good i think oversaturation and over contrast yes contrast oh my god is something that i've been trying to work on getting that balance right too because contrast can like kill a photo (laughs) yeah and i think it's a mistake that kind of might give you away as a beginner too Mm mm-hmm also another thing that i've learned by just watching other youtubers and or and or youtube tutorials and agreeing now that i like kind of they say it i'm like you know they're that's actually right don't boost the clarity too much Mm-mm. like it's like the um structure yeah any kind of like it's okay to boost it a little bit yeah but don't touch it that much because it looks so unnatural afterwards it's really fake yeah at first you're like wow this makes my photo look so good it's like so sharp it's so nice no no you'll hate yourself afterwards (laughs) (laughs) i there's the number of photos that i look back on now and i'm like wow it could have been such a good photo yeah (laughs) like i've gone back and re-edited so many photos (laughs) um but yeah most of it is honestly just a learning curve you'll edit a lot of bad photos for a quite a while and then realize what you're doing wrong and you kind of will improve without realizing you're improving because mm-hmm. you'll see other people's photos you'll have a better eye of what needs to be edited what doesn't 
after you post a bad photo, you will try your best not to make that mistake again. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of trial and error. Um, but those are the general steps that I go through. Mm-hmm. And your style is ever evolving too, I think, right? Yeah. Sometimes you might like a different look than other times. I mean, just like on my personal Instagram, I can't keep it's a consistent over. style. Yeah. There's no way. Me neither. <laughs> I like my personal Instagram is like one of the hardest things like I hardly post on it now because I just cannot decide what I want to do with it no and like I get to the point where I'm like I want to only post good quality photos that I'm actually like have set up a photo shoot for yeah. and all this stuff and then I'll like get to something where like my most recent photo was a photo of a tennis court from Rogers Cup yeah and I was like why am I like why do I need to make this a curated feed I like I just want to post something that I like that I was here. I like this shot that was taken on my phone. I'm just going to post it. Who cares? Right? <laughs> like, that's a, that's the Instagram monster. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a future podcast. We probably already have, yeah. but you know what? We'll talk about it again because we're still yeah. struggling. All right, Devin, video. Okay. Well, I mean, I think video is a completely different set of problems to, or not problems, but problems <laughs> steps because uh, you I mean you do have to go in and affect the color and stuff like that but the biggest part of a video edit is the story yeah and so when I go in and I'm pulling in all the pieces that I want to use like that's like your rough draft I, if you're writing an essay yeah, I think it's like the major difference between photo and video is that the story for photo needs to be done on the shoot day mm, yeah and like obviously some of the story needs to be done for the video on the shoot day but a lot of it comes together in the edit yeah the better idea of a story you have when you're actually shooting the faster your edit will yeah. be so I mean it helps to know that but like the pacing and the rhythm and getting a feel for the edit that's something that I mean it comes from practice Mm -hmm. so one of the biggest things I find that beginners do is uh they kind of they're too romantic about their footage (laughs) and cutting it out because even I'll like I'll pile everything in and then I'll watch it all through and I'm like I'll trim I'm like I don't need all that nope trimming that trimming that like I get super savage yeah you're like why are you here you are shit footage (laughs) exactly I'm like I don't need all look at this extra space and like maybe I'm too critical because I think some people might watch it and be like no that wasn't hanging for too long and I'm like yes (laughs) it it was (laughs) bring it in um but another thing I would definitely encourage beginners to do when you want to get good at editing and figuring out pacing and timing edit to music that's the number one yeah. thing that will make your videos look better right away because when somebody's watching a video that has been cut to the music and cut well, they don't even realize it, but it is kind of like drawing you in oh, more yeah. and you, you it can make you feel more too, especially if the song like has a buildup and you match the footage to that properly. That's huge. And you mm-hmm. learn a lot about editing just trying to do that. I mean, like when I started doing montage videos when I first started out, like that's when I started to get a feel for um, how much music can affect emotion and stuff like that and building a story and letting it build with the song so then when I do like when I do our recipes I don't get to do that too much because a lot of the times the music is background (laughs) yeah um but when I do like our whatever Wednesdays and maybe it's a vlog or it's something where there's not as much like voiceover all the time when it's more artsy and I can like really bring the music with the footage oh it's so (laughs) satisfying (laughs) But if one of the things you're struggling with is like treating your footage too romantically, 
if you're cutting to a song, it's going to force you to not be romantic about it because it's like, oh, this is the beat. So you got to figure out your favorite part of that yeah, moment. And you only have a certain like couple minutes, three minutes, whatever, however long the song may be to fit all that footage into. That too. And I mean, there's other time restrictions, right? Like if you want it to go on Instagram, it has to be under a minute. So you got it. Yeah. Actually, if you want it to go on social anywhere Any other social. than YouTube, yeah. you got to be under a minute. Well, not under a minute, but you got to be very strategic about what you're keeping oh, and what yeah. you're not because you can only keep people's attention for so long. <laughs> but I think that that's the biggest thing I would recommend. Another little tip that I'll say is when you are doing a cut, be sure to watch um, if there's action in the shot, like say you're like pouring something in, watch that you're not chopping off the action too much <laughs> because it'll kind of jar people out when they're watching it because they'll come along and like oh that action didn't really finish enough or something like that so that's one thing that i it seems too abrupt yeah yeah Yeah. i never realized it in the beginning and then i heard i think i read a comment on someone's video and it mentioned something like that i was like oh that's actually a really interesting point Mm -hmm. that you don't realize if you're cutting it off in a moment that looks awkward and then the next thing it cuts to it's like i feels like we didn't really finish that yeah um (laughs) So yeah, those are like little points that kind of apply to any type of editing um, for our editing in, for our editing process, like for recipes, I, first thing I would do is bring in Catherine's instructions and I trim out all of her bloopers. (laughs) And if she has- All of the many bloopers. (laughs) If she has too many pauses or like a long pause, I trim that back. All of the many pauses. (laughs) And then I go through the footage and I find all of the clips that line up with the instructions that she said. And so I'll go through. You just get to hang out with me all week. That's great. I know. I'm just like a part of your life. Do you, do you miss me by the time I show up every week? Because by the time I get here, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I've had enough of you. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I don't miss you. What? Your hands are in the shots. <laughs> so you don't miss like, my oh, hands Devin. but- <laughs> oh, Devin's always here <laughs> um but then like you bring in each of the pieces that matches the instructions and the hardest part with that sometimes is if Catherine has said a lot and there's not as much footage, footage. to match up with how much she said and I've noticed that in our edits before yeah it's deciding okay do I just let these go longer maybe I make it slow-mo so it's a slow moment or do i let them see Catherine for a little bit because i don't know how much our audience wants to cut between the footage and bringing you how much do they really want to see my pace well because we did a couple of videos where we cut to you a lot more yeah and people didn't like that no so people now hate my face well <laughs> <laughs> i think that's just like not what they think our style is yeah so i tried not to do that too much in a video um, and then the other thing is when she's like says a lot of things really fast I'm like oh I have a lot to fit in and she said those in a short amount of time so it might be a moment where you cut her audio and you got to bring up the music a little bit because there is going to be a pause between the next instruction just because there's so much going on um, but with the recipe videos pacing is pretty important and when I said don't be romantic Sometimes I have to be romantic because I got to make sure that you can tell what she's done, right? Because it, it's not totally artsy. <laughs> <laughs> Devin hates recipe videos. No, I don't hate them. <laughs> I try to put more effort into like the end B-roll segment. But even then, like sometimes there's not a lot to choose from just because, you know, how many different ways can you show a burrito? Uh, in my hand, in my other hand, in my mouth. Whoa. <laughs> 
But I would say that editing recipe videos is a good way to get into like the formula of editing and maybe all the technical parts because you there's steps, right? It's a step-by-step thing. It's just like writing an essay. There's the story's kind of made for you. Exactly. And the story is the hardest part of video editing. So for a recipe, the story's already there. So you're just kind of getting the technical part down. So it's a great place to start as a beginner. What are the like fine-tuned touches you do at the end? Um, so the last, the two last things I do are add in the music and add in any color correction. Okay. So I, adding in the music isn't that tough. The biggest thing is making sure that the pace or type of music doesn't sound completely off with the type of recipe and then making sure that it's not too loud that people can't hear you um so a lot of times i keep it pretty quiet just because your instructions are the most important right (laughs) obviously and then for color i really don't do that much usually yeah no i have to brighten us in the beginning usually because i shoot us underexposed and then for all the food stuff, like my camera settings are set to low saturation and low contrast because it's easier to shoot those low and then add as much as you want. Whereas if you shot it higher, you can't really take it out. So a lot of my color correction for the food stuff is getting the contrast up more, um, a little bit of saturation, and then mostly fixing the exposure wherever it's dark or maybe there's too much shadow. Mm-hmm. Um Usually, I'm kind of okay on the uh, white balance, but there are some moments where I'm like, ooh, where'd the sun come from? Or, oh, got really cool, or especially in the winter when we... Oh, my God, the winter. have to end up trying to use a little bit of... Ceiling light? Ceiling light. Whatever these light bulbs are. Oh, hurts your soul. Yeah, that's why we're investing in lights. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I, I keep it pretty basic, just because I think i used to add too much color correction and try to get too fancy just because all of a sudden it's like look at all these options i can make it look like that everyone don't over edit yeah don't do it keep it simple photos or videos and especially for video never ever tell yourself i'll fix it in post oh my god yeah if you even for photo if you can fix it before you take the photo fix it fix it then take the time to fix it editing you will hate yourself during the editing process if you told yourself you'd fix it in post yeah you might think that it's worth it and you'll be fine and you'll figure it out but you will hate yourself that's one of my least favorite things about people who don't really know photo or video but are like working to produce a video with you and they're like oh you can do that in post i'm like no yeah no let's fix (laughs) it now we will do it now (laughs) yeah no if you can fix something if you notice something is wrong fix it right away do not wait for the editing process. Mm-hmm. Or shoot it again. <laughs> yeah, because you will be the most stressed you've ever been <laughs> mm-hmm. if you're editing a mistake that you could have so easily fixed. Yep. <laughs> I've done that so many times. Yeah. I think one of my biggest bloopers that I... Sometimes it happens where I thought I hit the record button and I didn't, <laughs> so I miss you doing something and then we have to do it over again. Which, <laughs> Sometimes it's my fault, but also on my camera, sometimes the record button, it just, it doesn't do it on the first try. I think my biggest thing is rushing through the photos. Yeah. And like, I'll take them and then 
not realize that like half of them are blurry um so i think it's just like taking my time to make sure they are all good and not being like oh my god i just want to get this done really quickly because we've been cooking for six hours today mm-hmm. that's another thing where it's like if we let ourselves get too hungry then we start <laughs> rushing everything because we're like i just want to be done so we have to like make sure that doesn't happen if we let ourselves get too hungry always feed the Catherine and Devin. yeah <laughs> otherwise the videos and the photos are crap <laughs> So if you ever see like a really crappy video or photo, just assume we were hungry. <laughs> we literally just threw the cameras down and ate. <laughs> no more! Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. I hope that was helpful. Mm-hmm. Although, fair warning, if you are going to start learning how to edit and practicing with food videos, you're going to be hungry a lot. Yeah, and it's going to take a long time. Like, there's... It's so much work to do food videos. Have some snacks with you. I usually end up snacking while Maybe I'm editing. Maybe like have like a snack pouch on your belt or something. We should do that. We should with do that. With the TMG logo on it, we'll sell snack <laughs> pouches. <laughs> Emergency snacks. You ever get in that hangry mood, you know? You need the snacks? They're always there. That would be great. Uh, I would love one of, us, one of those. I'm going to make one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> TMG approved snack pouches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, another thing I'll say, too, for video editing is sometimes it's okay to get your edit to a certain point and then step away from it for oh my God, yeah, a couple hours or maybe photo too. even the next day because you might come back to it and be like, okay, that's working. That's definitely not working. Yeah. Sometimes you need that space away from it to actually see what it looks like. That's something that I did with video uh, this summer when I was like, I would edit something. If you spend like a couple hours or three or four or more editing something you kind of get in the mood where you're just so tired and you don't want it anymore and you could be like I think it's fine Mm because you're just ready to Mm -hmm. be done but if you're just like okay it's fine for now I'll set it and I'll come back in the morning and look at it again then you have fresh eyes and you're like oh no no these need to be fixed (laughs) yeah whenever I've done an edit that isn't a food recipe but it's like an actual edit where Uh I have to really think about the story and stuff like that those are the ones where I'm like I can't rush this I I need to take time for this to sit maybe i need to do a couple versions send it to a couple people get feedback that is so yeah. helpful i used to like kind of be afraid of feedback because you can be so well you're like almost protective afraid like, someone's of, gonna look in and be like that's horseshit or you're, <laughs> you're protective of it so they'll be like uh it needs this this and this and you're like yeah. how dare you yeah uh no this is perfect <laughs> but now i was just trying to get validity yeah uh, i, I only want a nice feedback. my greatness thanks um but now i like I go looking for it. I'm like, please give me feedback. I really, I want this yeah. to be as good as it can be. And I, I'm too biased because it's my yeah. own work. I always go for feedback from my boyfriend when I'm editing photos mm-hmm. and he's horrible at it. Oh. I was like, how does this look? He's like, it's good. It's like, okay, it's just like my cooking. I need better feedback than that. Tell me if it's actually good. Give yeah. me details. What's good about it? <laughs> the biggest thing I get feedback on is my pacing. Cause I think that's probably one of the most important things mm-hmm. in an edit. So whether it, it's weirdly cut to the music like sometimes i'm like is this too fast like yeah can you really see this and so it's really good to have at least two sets of eyes on that one last thing that i would say and it's kind of crappy when it has to happen but don't be afraid to re-edit mm. um it's something that i've had to do where i like edited photos and then i went back a week later when they were like 
getting ready the blog post or something and I look at the photos I'm like you know what I don't like these photos they're not edited very well I think I need to re-edit them Mm -hmm. (laughs) because like you'll be disappointed in yourself if you post something that you knew could have been better yeah I've I've done that with a video too it was of a coffee shop and I cut it together and it was very um sequential so everything kind of happened in this certain order I was like man this is so good all these (laughs) shots they worked together so well and I loved it and then I sent it out to a couple people and people that didn't have like context of what the coffee shop was like and stuff like they're like well I was a little confused because like all these things happened then all these things happened then all those things happened but I didn't really understand how they worked together Mm -hmm. until I got to the end and I was like oh okay at first I was like are you kidding me you don't get it but then (laughs) dare you I was like okay I mean I have time I'll just step back completely re-edit this yeah and it was way better afterwards yeah. but it's really hard to say okay i'll yeah i'll put in another five hours and redo <laughs> oh, yeah. it it's hard to say that it's but fine. sometimes it's needed yeah and i learned a lot from that so <laughs> i mean it doesn't happen often where i re-edit photos yeah. but like when it happens just do it mm-hmm. you'll be a better person for it <laughs> you'll be a better person <laughs> that was a good talk Devin. I think so. I like talking about this stuff. Yeah, I think we learned some of each other's troubles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You listen to my voice too much. (laughs) So much. (laughs) I try to to mute you as much as possible. I also try to mute like when I... Just me or you as well? No, when I'm going through the footage of like making the recipes and I listen to that footage, we're having the most random conversation. (laughs) Sometimes there's YouTube videos playing in the background. I'm like, I don't want to listen to this. Shut up, guys. (laughs) (laughs) um but you also like also have to edit our podcast so you hear me even with the podcast too you guys all Catherine all the time but i also have to hear myself a lot and see myself a lot yeah but you always have to hear yourself a lot it's not the same (laughs) yeah i don't know what it would like i don't really edit photos of myself very often Mm. so i don't know what it'd be like to edit myself I don't, I don't think I would like that. No? no? I think I'm just so used to it now. That yeah, it's, definitely. Well, this is me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is my voice. I guess I'm okay with this. <laughs> I hope other people like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, editing is all about trial and error. It really is. And, like, do it a lot. Yes. The only way you're going to get good at editing is by doing it. And honestly, something that I used to do, and I don't do as much anymore because I have enough photos to edit, but before... Um, I used to look at photos that I took like two years ago and re-edit them and see how it works or, you know, re-edit a photo from a month ago and see if I could do something different with it and just like play around when you have that free time. Mm -hmm. Like take a photo that you edited one way and try and edit it a completely different way that looks just as good. Yeah. Um, Just kind of have fun with it. See what works, see what doesn't. Yeah. I feel like my editing has really improved because I'm forced to do it. Oh all the time six days out of the week maybe one day i'm not editing probably sundays when i'm shooting yeah i'm less likely to be editing but yeah i'm probably editing photos less than you are because i usually get them all done really quick and then i go back if i need to but i'm doing more now as we do brand stuff more Mm -hmm. and i think my job is going to require more well yeah mine's for my job too like I'll, i'll edit all day at work and then i'll come home and edit for us too. i'll probably be editing photos 
about the same amount of time as you're editing videos now so which I have no issue with editing photos is literally what I do in my spare time yeah that's my leisure time I know it's fun like literally everything else is kind of like work the editing photos aspect is the leisure time where it's like I need something relaxing to do let's edit a photo sometimes it's not relaxing but (laughs) Mm, yeah for me it depends on the on the video whether it's gonna be like a recipe Sometimes it's hard to motivate myself because I'm like, oh, I know what it's going to be. It's a formula, <laughs> right? We're, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And I like what we do and I like that we can put them out. But the more creative ones I get more excited yeah. for because I'm like, oh, what do we have here? <laughs> don't, know what, oh. don't know what's going to happen. And then, oh, if you find a good song. Yeah. Oh, man, that gets me so pumped up. Because <laughs> sometimes you can already picture I'm like, yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the best feeling yeah oh man that was fun that was pretty fun i feel like we got pretty technical but i think so too um i hope not too technical i think it's a good starting point it's hard to not get technical when yeah. talking about this but also like our thought processes and how why we do yeah. things a certain way isn't necessarily technical yeah it's related to technical things but it's just about our methods and our madness. <laughs> madness. Just madness. A lot of emphasis on the madness. <laughs> Alrighty. That's going to be it for this episode of TMG Unfiltered. We hope you enjoyed hearing a little bit about how we, the post-production behind Two Market Girls. It's a... Uh, it's a process. It's an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> it really is. Thank you for coming on this ride with us. <laughs> Uh, if you want to check out any of the content, since, I mean, that's all we talked about in this episode, the content that we're always working on, you can find us at twomarketgirls.com or our YouTube channel is called Two Market Girls and we are at Two Market Girls on all social. And then we also have a second Instagram account because content. <laughs> <laughs> and that one is TMG underscore unfiltered. Oh man. <laughs> don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. If you have any feedback for us, send that along. Message us on social. We'd love to hear it. If you have requests for future topics, we are always trying to figure out what we want to talk about it. Long story short, talk to us. Yeah, please talk to <laughs> us. We need some we're, social interaction. We're tired of talking to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Gosh, Devin, you sound so bored. Um, Thank you. Sorry about that. Bye. Bye. (laughs)